Welcome to the Non-Anxious Leader Podcast. I'm Jack Shitama, author, teacher, speaker, and coach. I focus on your spiritual, emotional, and physical well-being to help you be the best leader possible. Each episode explores research and practical tips so you can be a non-anxious presence personally and professionally. And now, here's the show. Welcome to episode 24 of the Non-Anxious Leader Podcast. I'm Jack Shitama, and today we are going to look at the top five regrets of the dying and unpack them from a family systems perspective. Hopefully in doing that, it will help us to avoid them. In The Ideal Road Not Taken, Cornell researcher Tom Gilovich builds on his previous work studying regret. His original work found that initially people regret mistakes they've made more intensely than things they've left undone. These are called regrets of action versus regrets of inaction. However, over time, the regrets of inaction linger. This is because when we make a mistake, we often come to terms with it and even learn from it. We never get that from the things we think we should have done, but never did. They just haunt us. In his most recent work, Gilovich compares people's self-perception of what he calls the ideal self versus the ought self. Your ideal self includes the attributes that you'd ideally like to possess. It includes your hopes and dreams. Your ought self is based on things you should have done based on obligations and duties. I would call your ought self the self that conforms to surrounding togetherness pressures. Gilovich found that by a wide margin, people have regrets of inaction relative to their ideal selves versus their ought selves. That is, they mostly regret the things they should have done that would have helped them to become their best self, rather than not doing the things that fulfilled obligations and duties. In summary, Gilovich reminds us that focusing on doing the things that most reflect our goals and values will lead to the least regret. In 2012, palliative care nurse Bronnie Ware released a memoir, The Top Five Regrets of the Dying, based on her experience with those in the last stages of life. I'll go through each one and look at it from a family systems perspective. The number one regret, the top regret is, I wish I'd had the courage to live a life true to myself, not the life others expected of me. Here's what Ware writes about it. This was the most common regret of all. When people realize that their life is almost over and look back clearly on it, it is easy to see how many dreams have gone unfulfilled. Most people had not honored even a half of their dreams and had to die knowing that it was due to choices they had made or not made. Health brings a freedom very few realize until they no longer have it. I think this is profound because the idea that when we are in poor health, we all of a sudden don't care about other things. Maybe we're not as affected by surrounding togetherness pressure, but then it's too late. That is really profound to me. And this is all about self-differentiation. Having the courage to live a life true to yourself, to your own goals and values, is self-differentiation. Remember that the definition of self-differentiation is the ability to live out one's own goals and values 
amidst the surrounding togetherness pressure. There's a self-reinforcing nature to this, to the extent that you can take non-anxious emotional stands in the midst of surrounding togetherness pressures, the more you'll be able to live a life true to yourself. The more you are true to yourself, the more you can take non-anxious emotional stands. Conversely, to the extent that you find yourself conforming to surrounding togetherness pressures, the harder it will be to live a life true to yourself. And the less you are true to yourself, the more you will find yourself conforming. The key is self-awareness and intentionality. This is why spiritual practices such as prayer, meditation, and journaling are so important. They help you get perspective in a low-pressure situation. They help you get a sense of God's leading, and they give you the conviction to do things differently. The second regret is, I wish I hadn't worked so hard. Ware writes, this came from every male patient that I nursed. They missed their children's youth and their partner's companionship. Women also spoke of this regret, but as most were from an older generation, many of the female patients had not been breadwinners. All of the men I nursed deeply regretted spending so much of their lives on the treadmill of a work existence. Or, as I've heard said before, on their deathbed, nobody wishes they had spent more time at the office. There can be a variety of reasons for working so hard. Sometimes the job demands it. The question is, who decides if you should keep the job? Sometimes there is an inner drive. The question is, what is driving that ambition? How much are we influenced by surrounding togetherness pressures? You know, one of the worst parts of pastoral ministry is the demands never end, and there are many jobs like that. When you combine that with the ability to make one's own schedule and the surrounding togetherness pressure to meet everybody's needs, you have a recipe for disaster. Self-differentiation enables us to say no when we need to. It also enables us to avoid resentment when we say yes because we own it. We say, I am willing to do this. I'm making the conscious decision to give of myself to others. When I was in pastoral life, my kids were young and I didn't want to miss their time. So I decided that I was going to attend their sports and their recitals and their concerts and their plays. I even got involved in coaching things like youth sports and Odyssey of the Mind. And what that meant was that sometimes I was going to miss evening meetings at church and I was able to say, this is important to me, so I'm not going to be at this meeting. It was hard at first, but after a while it got easier. That's what I was saying after number one is, as you learn to do it, it gets easier to do it. And what I found was that actually people respected me for doing that. Sometimes we put in our mind that pe that people are going to criticize us for things that we do, so that the surrounding togetherness pressure is more in our heads than it is in the, the actual people or the system around us. Sometimes the surrounding togetherness pressure is there, but if we're willing to withstand that, to take a non-anxious emotional stand, to say, this is what is important to me, I'm going to do it, then we find that in most cases, people are willing to live with it. So the fact that we work too hard, too much, is something we need to take responsibility for now because it's important to do our work, it's important to do it well, but we have a tendency to 
sacrifice the things that are most important, family, friends, our spiritual, physical, and emotional health. And so work is important, but it's not that important. Number three is, I wish I'd had the courage to express my feelings. Ware writes, many people suppress their feelings in order to keep peace with others. As a result, they settled for a mediocre existence and never became who they were truly capable of becoming. Many developed illnesses related to the bitterness and resentment they carried as a result. Is this sounding familiar? Self-differentiation is all about being able to take non-anxious emotional stands, to say what you believe, what you feel in healthy ways. With whom do you find it hardest to express your feelings in healthy ways? I say it this way because sometimes we let our own anxiety get in the way. So instead of expressing our feelings in a non-anxious way, we get defensive or combative. Self-differentiation is about expressing our feelings without requiring others to agree with us. One way to change the way you function in anxiety-producing situations is to process how things go and how you can do things differently. You can do this in advance and process in your mind what it would look like to be a non-anxious presence. I do this whenever I know I'm going to have a difficult situation. I'll play out the conversation and how it might go, then practice my responses. You can do this in your head, with a friend, with a coach, or with a therapist. The more you do it, the easier it will become and the better you will get at it. Early on, you will not be able to anticipate things and and what you can do is process after the fact and say well how did things go and how would I have liked them to have gone how could I do things differently next time so that I can take a non-anxious emotional stand so I can be a non-anxious presence it's in doing this intentional work it's in being aware that you will develop the courage to express your feelings Number four is, I wish I had stayed in touch with my friends. Ware writes, often they would not truly realize the full benefits of old friends until their dying weeks, and it was not always possible to track them down. Many had become so caught up in their own lives that they had let golden friendships slip by over the years. There were many deep regrets about not giving friendships the time and effort they deserved. Everyone misses their friends when they are dying. It's in our meaningful relationships that we get life's richness. Family is important, but maintaining connections outside of our family of origin help us to maintain that perspective. This is, of course, not an either or. It's a both and, and there's a balance. But sometimes we get so locked into our families, so intensely involved in our families, that we don't have a life outside of them. And it's, it's important to have friendships that last, friendships that matter. And finally, number five is, I wish I had let myself be happier. Ware writes, many did not realize until the end that happiness is a choice. They had stayed stuck in old patterns and habits. The so-called comfort of familiarity overflowed into their emotions as well as their physical lives. Fear of change had them pretending to others and to themselves that they were content when deep within they longed to laugh properly and have silliness in their life again. Happiness is not about selfishness or self-centeredness. 
In fact, it is more likely that generosity and caring for others will lead to greater happiness, but only when we take responsibility for self and our own decisions. Nobody can make us happy. Self-differentiation is about knowing what matters to us than having the courage to make those things a priority in our lives, even if others disagree or pressure us to conform to ideas of who we should be or what we should do. Self-differentiation is also about being comfortable in our own skin, being able to laugh at ourselves and being able to be silly, to laugh without worrying about what others think about us. Having joy in life is something that most of us need more of. So the ability to laugh, the ability to be silly, the ability to be ourselves is a gift. And it's a gift that we can give ourselves when we're willing to take responsibility for our own decisions and we're willing to realize that happiness is a choice. So why does this all matter for leadership? Because effective leaders are able to help their organizations go where they need to go. And this involves change, which is almost always uncomfortable for people. The surrounding togetherness pressure to maintain the status quo is often quite strong. So working on your own ability to self-differentiate will help you to live life more fully and have the courage to lead. You won't regret it. That's it for episode 24. I will put a link to Bronnie Ware's book as well as to research from Tom Milovich in the show notes. You can find those show notes at the nonanxiousleader.com forward slash 24, the number 24. You can also find my blog there. You can subscribe to it and you can always send me an email at jack at christian hyphen leaders.com. So until next time, thanks and goodbye. Thank you for listening. If you found this episode helpful, there are two things you can do to help others find this podcast. First, tap the subscribe button on your podcast app. And second, leave a review. I appreciate your help. Finally, you can find more resources as well as subscribe to my blog at the nonanxiousleader.com. Now, go be yourself. <laughs>